Australia. Hey, again. How are you going? Are you well? I hope so. This is NBA Australia. I am your host, James Clements. I'm the editor of Code Bet. Go check that out. It's a good website. Uh, I'm writing about the basketball there all the time. Uh, you can also see this podcasting mug of mine on Fox Sports Lab NBA or in the paper every single day all the way around the country. I'm also just here in Larry Armour Studios <laughs> right now, hanging out, giving you the lowdown on the playoff finals. That's right. It's the finals. While repping Australia a bit. I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, today, just a really quick preview show for Game 3. And also, Kyrie has got delusions of grandeur. Hey, LeBron, man, can't play with me, eh? I mean, it's just a quick step over there from LA. I mean, the world's flat, bro. So just walk over. It's like 20 minutes. Um, also, some more USA reps for the World Cup, just to be set up to be beaten by the Boomers. And, yeah, game three. We're going to look at this through the three keys of the series and the matchup vibes that we had prior to the series and uh, some of my picks for that game. That'll be fun. We'll also do some quick year nahs, the unpopular opinion of the day, and our back take us. We were serving up a flame grill take. And then that'll be it. In and out today. Good times because, uh, yeah, game three is tomorrow morning. So with that, you know, in mind, let's do the damn thing. It's episode 946 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shack attack. Ah, you better, especially if you're Adam Silver. Shack and Shack had a chat to him, and they sort of roasted him a little bit. Kind of enjoyed that. But either way, uh, let's get into today's show, the way we start every show here at NBA Australia. I believe it's with a uh, daily... Oh, it's a whip around. Did you get that one? Did you get that one? Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, because it's about a whip. Anyway, uh, Kyrie. Yep. Old NBA Kanye recruiting LeBron James to Dallas. Yeah, yeah, maybe he and LeBron can be the coach and GM there. What do you reckon? They can run the organization, friends, forever. Cuban will love it. I'm sure Luca is just fucking over the moon at all this news as well. If I'm a Mavs fan, I am already just like, oh, no. Shit. He was so quiet for so long, and now he's like, Oh, I want to stay a Mav, and I'm not. I'm not trying to get to LA. I want LeBron here. It tells me two things: a, Kyrie's a fucking idiot, <laughs> and b, it's already begun. He's just like, nah, 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 man. I think we should upgrade the roster. Do you, Kyrie? That's amazing. I for one am stunned. The team that didn't make the fucking play in after you got there because of your shit defense, your horrible team offense, and just being a general fucking idiot, I for one am shocked that you think this team needs to be better. (laughs) Kyrie has consistently expressed a desire to remain a maverick and actually wants to shut down the notion that he's angling to get to LA. He wants to stay, said one source. With or without a LeBron reunion. He wants to stay, said the source. Was it was it Kyrie? Cause I could give zero fucks about anything that's reported about Kyrie because NBA Kanye will turn around 
as soon as fucking look at you and stab you in the back. Simple as that. Uh, there was some weird reporting from Chris Haynes and co that were like, uh, yeah, the Mavs were trying to like trade for LeBron last year before uh, Rob Palenka pulled, you know, rabbit out of his hat and got rid of Rusty Westbrook and actually turned that team around. Um, I'm also sitting here going, who the fuck cares? The finals are on. The Mavs are shit. LeBron got fucking bounced and swept in the Western Conference Finals with Anthony Davis. Now you're going to go to an old-ass Kyrie Irving and a fucking chunky Slovenian who doesn't play any fucking defense and you're going to be better? Blow it out your ass. Now, it was interesting. The Mavs are trying to bring in Jeff Van Gundy as a uh, coaching associate, assistant, whatever, a.k.a. Jason Kidd on your fucking bike, mate. We're sick of you, which is kind of cool. Uh, but the weird part is, like, you get this entire vibe about this LeBron bullshit. And then it's like, oh, but also we might get Draymond. It's like, do you understand how the salary cap works? <laughs> because clearly you fucking don't. You've got Luca. You've got Kyrie. Oh, but LeBron might get a buyout from the Lakers and just go to Dallas for like no money. I mean, yes. And if my dick was nine inches longer, it'd be a 10-inch dick. Like, <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. This is just like the most nuffy bullshit you'll ever hear. Good on him, but Jesus. The weirdest part is seeing like actual basketball outlets report on that shit. Anyway. Oh, maybe they'll get all of them together. Cool. Good luck with that. Yeah, LeBron on Copper Buyout. He's out of LA. He's going to go to Dallas. To play with Luca and Kyrie. I mean, basketball-wise, it'd be sick. And if they got Draymond as well, it's like, all right, who's on that bench? What do you think Draymond's going to do? He's going to give up a shit ton of money to stay in uh, Golden State just to go hang out with... uh... Oh, but he and LeBron are friends. Awesome. You know who's friends? Fucking everybody. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Anyway, uh, some other coaching stuff. Aside from that Jeff Van Gundy vibe, uh, so the Suns hired David Fisdale. You might remember him from uh, failed coaching stints with the Knicks and the Grizzlies. Uh, as an asso- well, as an as- well, he was an associate GM actually there with Utah for a bit. And he's coming in as an assistant coach with Frankie Vogues in Phoenix, kind of like that. Uh, so they threw a bunch of money at him and went, "Cool, hey Fizz, help us out, bro." And he's like, "All right, pay me." Uh, <laughs> and then Frank Vogel also came out and said, "Nah, man, I fucking love DeAndre Ayton. He can be one of the best centers in the league." I love having a big center who can anchor my defense. I want to I want to build a connection. I want to restore DeAndre Ayton to an all-star player. He's 100% getting traded this offseason. <laughs> I'm just saying. You reckon Devin Book is looking at DeAndre Ayton going, no, 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 now that Frank Vogel's here and he thinks he can turn him around, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm on board. Keep him. No chance. Right, Team USA, what is the World Cup squad that they're sending? To the Philippines, uh, where else? Taiwan and Japan, I think that's right. Sounds right. Indonesia? Shit, I can't remember where the World Cup is. Uh, it's in a bunch of places. I think it's Indonesia. Uh, obviously, the World Cup itself is going to be gnarly. Australia are the second favorite in uh, some places, which is kind of neat at eight bucks. And uh, that's going to be fun. So we've got... Uh, Philippines, Japan, and Indonesia hosting this one. 
The USA squad so far consists of Mikael Bridges, Jalen Brunson, the Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Brandon Spindles Ingram, Jaron Jackson Jr., Bobby Fighting Bobby Portis. He'll be fighting around the world. And Austin uh, White Mumba Reeves. Wow, I'm just saying that's uh, not quite boomers level. Just just saying. <laughs> We're going to fucking smash them. Uh, I do like it, though. That'll be pretty fun. Should be a good setup, bro. Should be a good setup. I'm looking forward to that World Cup. Uh, we'll be doing live streams. We're doing a bunch of shit. It's going to be fun on the bun. Ha, we'll tell you what. Uh, right. Otherwise, let's get into a big game preview. Game preview. Thanks, Inverton Bane. Not a problem, Jim. You usually do the game previews at the end of the show. Yep, but we're going to do it at the start today because it's all the show is. A game three preview. Look ahead. Uh, so, look. It's a weird setup for game three because I've tried to explain this a couple of different times. Like, well, you can read into Miami going, well, you know, if they had have just shot better in game one, they would have been in it. And then they did shoot better in game two and they fucking won it, bro. And you're like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, Game one hit the under. Game two was tracking that way until Miami decided to hit every fucking shot of the fourth quarter and dropped 36 on the Nuggets' head. You can point to it and go, yep, all they do is hit shots. That's all this Miami Heat team does. They are on track to set the record for shooting over 45% from three in a playoff run. Six of the top 11 three-point percentage games this playoffs belong to Miami already. This is the team that were 27th in three-point shooting in the regular season and haven't haven't had their best shooter, a.k.a. Tyler, there goes my hero, because he's been injured. They've also won all six of those games where they've had really, really, really high three-point shooting percentages. It is chaos. Absolutely chaos. Now, the flip side, you might want to look at it and go, well, what happens if they don't hit those threes? Because they were historically not a great three-point shooting team. Well, then they might lose. But my point for a lot of this is Denver dominated game two after that weird sort of slow start and then just sort of lost a bit of focus at the start of the third quarter and the start of the fourth and they got run over as Miami just didn't miss a shot. The defense was pretty shitty. You get that. But I feel like it's... uh, I'm going to get to this in the unpopular opinion of the day, but should we just pump the brakes a little bit on the Miami offense? Like, just saying. All right, so where are we at heading into this? The three things that will decide the series before the series, we looked at Joker versus Bam. Bam has been absolutely fucking fantastic. That's why they're one and one. Miami on the road... Uh, was another piece. It's like, can they steal one in Denver? They have already. That is absolutely fantastic. And the other big thing was the Mosquito Fleet versus the Nugget size on the perimeter. Uh, we've seen the Mosquito Fleet come up trumps in Game 2, get dominated in Game 1, though, uh, to the point where they go, hang on a second, we've got Caleb Martin starting. He's sick. Spo came out and went, yeah, fuck that one, didn't I? Uh, when Aaron Gordon was dominating, then they start Kevin Love in Game 2, and the rest is hist- history. Because K-Love came out, hit a couple of threes, got some rebounds, just gave him a little bit more of uh, size up front away they went. So the Mosquito Fleet at home is going to be absolutely fascinating because obviously, oh, role players play better at home, bro. The weird part is the Heat don't tend to play great at home. It's kind of weird. Their record against the line at home in Miami is not very good. In fact, you could say it's pretty bad, bro, because it is. It 
Like the way the Heat have played these playoffs. I mean, Boston beat them twice in Miami, obviously, uh, but against the Lions, so the spread all season. Miami twenty one twenty seven and three at home. That's twenty fifth in the NBA. Twenty fifth. There were four teams not even fucking trying this season. That is chaos to me. So I think the way you look at this go, right, Miami at home, it's not exactly a juggernaut. Can their shooters hit their shots? I just feel like we're going to get a really big bounce back defensive performance from this uh, sizable Nuggets perimeter contingent. The likes of the notorious KCP, Jam and Jamal Murray, and of course, Michael Porter Jr., a.k.a. stretched out Jordan Poole through the first two fucking games. Jesus, he's been bad. But Michael Malone has literally spent his last two days just roasting MPJ. I think they're going to come back, focus in, focus hard. And Michael Porter Jr., especially, look, his rebounding has been a massive key for the Nugs all the way through these playoffs. But I think in the last, I think prior to game two, four of his last five games, he'd gone for over 10 rebounds. It's like the sneaky sort of rebounding, similar to Jason Tatum, right, where... You turn around and go, hey, he's already got like six. What is going on? And he's already sort of flying in. He's got those long arms. He just snag the rebound. The Joker just goes, nah, I'm good. Out of position. MPJ swings and gets it. I feel like Michael Porter Jr. is in line. If he can just stay on the court, show some defensive effort, Malone will keep him out there. He'll uh, hit those rebounds and get that shot going. That's like where I expect the upside to sort of lie with some of this Denver defense. Uh, Denver offense, rather. And the Miami off uh, defense as well, they went, well, we'll just stick to Joker and make sure that, like, we'll play off him a little bit just so we can make sure we can stick to the size, like, stick to all the guys on the perimeter for Denver, like KCP and Michael Porter Jr. and Jam Jamal Murray. And that worked until Denver, like, right at the end of that game went, oh, let's just give it to Jamal and just go fucking absolutely hammering tongs, and off they went. But I think Michael Porter Jr. just missing wide-open shots is... Probably one of the more underrated aspects of this. There were like three shots in game two. We were like, dude, just, whoa, you're super open. And then there was that amazing photo of him just going, no, 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 watch me. I'm just, just hang out. I'm going to shoot out, shoot this uh, contested 18-foot mid-ranger uh, over the top of three dudes while I've got three of my own dudes standing under the basket unchecked. But, 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 but check this out. I'm going to shoot it. It's going to be sick. He will have been roasted about that. I think he bounces back. I think he has a really good game. And I think that's where we might see more notorious KCP corner threes. I think we'll see Joker just going, I have to be even more aggressive if they give me a hint of space. I'm going to move that ball even quicker. There was the amazing stat of basically if he's dribbling it like more than two times, they just keep, you know, losing. <laughs> because he's not moving it quickly enough uh, to dissect the defense. And I think you'll see the Joker really just focus in, start just chopping up that Miami defense in game three. And it's going to be fascinating to see. So the five matchups that we sort of talked about heading into the series, how are they sitting at the moment? Joker versus Bam uh, versus Zella. And just like the size of Denver, essentially. I mean, dominating game one, you saw Kevin Love came in and uh, Joker have 41 in game two, but Bam still feast. Zella be really good in his minutes. Um, like where they shot, I think, eight of nine while he was on the floor, which is pretty crazy. Uh, but the Joker, look, still going for over 50-plus points, rebounds, assists, and just sort of cruising. You do want to see just the game where it's like magical 
from the Joker, and I feel like we'll see it in one of these two games in Miami. Uh, Jimmy versus KCP, Jamal, Bruce Brown. They've held Jimmy Butler in check. He's also dealing with some personal stuff um, that was reported sort of seemingly without his consent this week, which is not great. Uh, I feel like Butler, though, will just go and throw everything at this game. Denver defensively, I feel like, will try a similar tack as Miami just did in game two and go, look, if Jimmy just does it all, that's fine. As long as Gabe fucking Vincent isn't hitting 23 in our asses and, like, Bam is just, like, unimpeded in the paint. If Jimmy Butler is just going to knock down every baseline jumper he wants to take and keeps driving and getting to the line, fine. Just, we can't let Duncan Robertson score 10, 10 points out of fucking nowhere to blow us out of the water at the start of the fourth quarter. So, KCP, Jamal, Bruce Brown, uh, Aaron Air Gordon, like, they've got the personnel to throw at Jimmy. It's more about their defensive scheme going, right, well, how do we just stick even closer to our actual dude's on the perimeter, the likes of Martin, the likes of Struce, Vincent and Co. Because Struce had an out-of-body experience in that first quarter and then didn't hit another fucking shot, right? Vincent was really good, though. And that's where another matchup came from. Struce and Vincent versus Jamal and KCP. They've got to use their size to their advantage. You've got to see more from KCP. You've got to see more from Jamal going to the bucket against Struce and Vincent and driving into Bam and get Bam into foul trouble and just fuck him off. Like As soon as that happens, like Miami will be in deep trouble. So... I think we'll see more of that in Game 3. MPJ versus Caleb Martin, whoever else he's facing up against. This is going to be a key for Game 3, obviously. And Michael Porter Jr. needs a big bounce back. But Caleb Martin reckons he's healthy again, feeling better. He's been sick for Game 1 and 2. Cold chills, spewing all that bad stuff. Not great. I think we get a better Caleb Martin game. But I just feel like the Struis and Vincents of the uh, world just have a little bit of a dip. Kevin Love trying to slow down Aaron Air Gordon. Well, Gordon has been sort of flipping around where needed defensively. And if they try more Kevin Love, I wouldn't be surprised if they go, well, that's kind of neat. Gordon's just going to tear him up again now, though. This is the thing. You've now shown some looks at Denver. I think Malone has the adjustments to make and will make them. The benches, Duncan Robinson, Big Budica, Larry versus Al Hefe, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown. Uh, Zeller, obviously, for the Miami Heat as well. Pretty crazy, pretty wild. Duncan Robinson, flexing. 10 points at the start of the fourth. Completely changed the course of that game. Good on him. I think he hits a couple of threes maybe. But I think this feels like the defensive Denver game that we're sort of waiting on. It just, they're shooting basically 47% from three, the Heat, in their nine wins against the uh, the Bucks, the Celtics, and the Nugs now. And that's like 49%. 40, sorry, 47% on threes overall in those wins against the Bucks, Celtics, and the uh, Nugs. 49% basically on heavily contested threes, which is just psychotic. <laughs> and the point is, like, oh, well, that'll revert to the mean, but it might not. Because now you're just at a point where there's only five games left and Miami have home court advantage. So they might just do that two more times and like eke out two big wins out of nowhere and then get a big win in a Jimmy Butler game or something, and away you go from there. But it's tricky. It's chaos. It's exciting. Um, So my reads for this in terms of actual previews and betting gear, so the total points under is where I sort of landed with this. I think uh, six of seven between the two teams have actually gone over. But if you look at game one, uh, that went under. Game two was tracking under uh, before 
the fourth quarter where they hit 36 fucking points and 19 possessions. Like, what are we doing here? Uh, so I think we'll see a bit more of an under one where one of the team's defenses will just put an absolute smackdown on the other. And it wouldn't surprise me if it's Denver's defense on Miami's offense. And there's just that little bit more scope for that one to fall apart. Um, so my pick is still going to be Denver minus two and a half. I think the under 216, 217, you can bump it up to 218. That's where I'd be uh, with an alternate sort of total points line just because the it was like 83-75 after three quarters in game two. And it probably would have gone under if Duncan Robinson just doesn't hit every fucking shot under the sun and just scores 10 points in no time. And then they just don't miss a shot literally <laughs> the entire time. Uh, the rest of the picks for this game, Jimmy Butler, 40-plus points, rebounds, assists, uh, he has averaged 26 points a game at home during the playoffs as Jimmy Butler. Playoff Jimmy! Jimmy Butler! But he's also been really, really stock standard across the board with his points and rebounds, right? Uh, points, rebounds, and assists. He's averaging six and a half assists a game since the start of the Eastern Conference Finals. And uh, I think he's, I think it's 7.1 per game with the rebounds too. So he's been very, very handy. So the 25, 5, and 5 vibe for butts is pretty good. And I think you could count on probably eight rebounds, seven assists, 26 points. And if you're feeling pretty good, uh, Nikola Jokic, hello, had four assists in game two. That was his lowest number all playoffs. He's gone for 12 or more on six of his last eight. He's averaging over 10 a game for the postseason. Uh, I think Joke is just going to take it personally. And I took that personally and just absolutely dissect this heat defense in game three, like a fucking, I don't know what, year 10 biology student with one of those, what did you have, rog, f- frogs, rats? I think we had both. The rats were weird. Anyway, uh, 41 in game two, he shot, and he's gone for over 50 points, rebounds, assists in just like basically the entire postseason. So, <laughs> uh, give me that once more for the Joker. Uh, I think he's, the 12 plus assists as well, he's gone, what, six of his last eight, he's done that. That's just Incredible. I think he bounces back and does a bit of slice and dice. And Michael Porter Jr., the eight-plus rebounds. Michael Porter Jr., three-plus threes as well. Um, he basically shot 42% from three this season, did MPJ. And he did that in the Western Conference Finals. He's three of 17 in the first two games from downtown. What is going on? I think there's a big scope for a big bounce back. Bam! And a bio at 26, 13, and five in game one. He had the 21, nine, and four in game two. 35-plus points, rebounds, assists as well. Feels pretty good for Bam. But look, I just think that Denver have just that little bit more offensive upside where if you get better than, what, 5 of 17 from 3 between KCP, Jamal Murray, and Porter Jr., they still had 124.1 offensive rating in Game 2, and that was without their three biggest three-point shooting threats hitting a fucking shot, it felt like until the very end, especially with Jam Jamal Murray. So I feel like they can get up to that offensive sort of uh, ceiling with Joker sort of just manning the middle, doing his thing. And I think if they just up that defensive intensity just that little bit, they should be all right. So I'm going to take Denver minus two and a half, and we'll go from there, and we'll see what happens. But this was such a chaotic one sort of just to pick, to break down, and just... Miami just break all your vibes, all your stats. It doesn't matter that they shot 34% from three all season with 27th in the NBA because 
They went 49% in game two. And they're going to set the record basically for shooting over 45% from downtown in games in the playoffs. Like, that's incredible. So if they can just key up that defense, Denver, just bring that down a little bit, they're going to give themselves a good shot. But it's going to be fascinating. I cannot wait for game three. I think Denver get a big road win. Uh, the stats, as I mentioned, right, the 21-27-3 against the line at home, Miami, 25th in the NBA, 23-25 and head-to-head and against the line for the Nuggets. So they're not great, but they're also not horrible. That's like in the middle third. It's not bottom third. I think it's like 19th in the league. So not great, but also not absolutely disastrous as you might expect. So... I think Denver can go down to South Beach, avoid the traps of uh, South Beach life, (laughs) and cover that two-and-a-half-point line. We'll see what happens. Yeah, 23 and 25 away, and that's head-to-head and against the line for the Nuggets. So Miami worth 34 and 17 just straight up, head-to-head. But against the line, it's that one thing where you go, oof, 21, 27, and 3. It's just really, really rough. So give me Denver. What do you reckon? going to be pretty gnarly. All right, let's do some quick ENRs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. Let's do some quickie and ours. Uh, they're brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. Go get your merch. People. Get your merch, get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Yeah, go to nbaaustralia.com slash shop or just click through the socials. Get a t-shirt, good or hoodie. I'm actually wearing a t-shirt. I'm wearing the white t-shirt right now. It's very, very, very comfy. Getting a bit tight because I'm getting a bit fat. After I fuck my foot, I haven't been able to obviously go for a run for a while now, so here we are. Anyway, let's do some ENR. Scott Baxter, I'm a Mavs fan, but save this shit for after the finals. Yeah, nah, yes. Jesus, I could give zero fucks if Kyrie's trying to recruit LeBron to Dallas. Yes, LeBron James will leave leave the storied LA Lakers to go join NBA Kanye in Dallas. Of course he will. Yeah, awesome. And Draymond will come with him. Because why the fuck not? <laughs> Seriously. Oh, did you guys know that the Tooth Fairy is also real? Amazing gear. For me, though, the big thing that stands out is how do you reckon Luca feels? Like It's like this is his team. It's his franchise. And Kyrie's out there just starting shit going, Hey, LeBron, can't play with us. And Luca's like, I don't want to fucking play with that asshole. Fuck off. What are you doing? Kyrie, shut the fuck up. Ah, whatever. <laughs> Like, Lucas just got to be like, dude, what the fuck? Maybe this is just NBA Kanye trying to sabotage his way out of uh, Mavericks land and force, and here we go, our back takeouts and force Luca to go, all right, fuck Kyrie off, would you? I'm sick of his fucking dumb shit. <laughs> Connor Noon sent that one through. Kyrie Irving wants the Mavs to improve their roster. One of the great durs of history, NBA Australia. Yes, that's right. Yeah, nah. Oh, duh. You think Kyrie Irving sh- believes that the Mavs should improve a roster that didn't make the fucking playoffs? Great job, Kyrie. You're a fucking certified brain genius. 
Hey, guys, I'm going to burn my sage. I'm going to burn some sage. Also, should we make our team better? What do you fucking think, idiot? Of course. <laughs> Great job, Connor. And Ian Matthew Bassett. Uh, thanks for cleaning up my grammar on the yeah, nah, the other day, Jim. They got a few tins before I send it. What if Miami wins this series, apart from me losing a bet? What if, yeah, nah. It is the least likely of, uh, you know, the results. Obviously, Miami just winning. They were not the favorites coming in. Denver were. If they do, it is absolute chaos. Jimmy Butler, NBA champion. The Miami Heat once more winning with D-Wade and Shaq and then LeBron, D-Wade and Chris Bosh in the Heatles, and then actually winning a Jimmy Butler title would be fucking amazing. Don't get me wrong. Do not get me wrong. I just think Denver's the more talented team, but Jesus, Miami are the absolute fucking epitome of having hot, aren't they? They are just a hot team. They're nothing but hot. If Delhi was on this Miami Heat team, they would win this title. Absolute guarantee. I just don't know if they can. I just don't know if they can. If they do, it's going to be fucking amazing. It's going to be incredible. And one of the single greatest underdog stories in the history of the NBA. They're an eight seed. We keep missing that. They're an eight seed. They nearly lost in the play until... Well, they lost in the playoff once and nearly lost twice and nearly didn't make the fucking playoffs. Then they beat a one seed. Then they beat a two seed. Now they're playing another one seed. If they did it, it would be the single most incredible NBA Finals run ever. I love the 2011 Mavericks, the 2004 Pistons. Awesome. But this would be fucking incredible. They're an eight seed in the Finals. I love it. Uh, has a P. Yeah, nah, everyone should stop bringing up regular season Miami Heat and how bad they were because they crushed Milwaukee, New York, and managed Boston. Regular season Miami wouldn't have beaten those teams but here we are. Yeah, nah. Yeah. There should be like a pretty clear line of demarcation now. And it's like, you don't want to take stats like, oh, but they only shot 34% from three in the regular season. Yeah, it doesn't matter because they didn't do that in the playoffs. <laughs> it's been basically two months since they did that. As a P makes a good point. I like it. Should actually just be talking about Miami in the playoffs and what their record is against the line at home. Yeesh. A bit tougher. <laughs> it's a bit harder to pass as well. And his other one is the regular season has so much less importance now, but the hype it is generating, the playing team is in the finals, outweighs the resting players' bullshit. Yeah, nah. Nah, I don't think so. I think the lack of hype actually around Miami being a playing team is kind of head-scratching. Like, as I just said, they're an eight seed. They're a playing team. They're in the fucking finals. The resting players' bullshit sucks. And it does sort of just like lessen the impact of a regular season. But I'm always going to be on the don't fucking rest your players because think of the fucking fan that is there for like one game that season. And they're like, oh, Jimmy Butler's a bit tired. Jimmy Butler, not a great example, but he does seem to get, you know, banged up here and there. But if he can can play, tends to do play. He's like not Kawhi Leonard. I'm just, just saying. <laughs> but yeah, I just I want to avoid resting players all the time. And yeah, it's weird. But the regular season does feel like it has far less importance now because you've got a playing team just that got hot. This feels much more like hockey, right? Where you get a hot goalie and you can knock off a one seed as soon as look at them and away you go. It's what Miami is sort of doing now. 
that might actually have to do with resting players. But more so because, like, Milwaukee, without Giannis for a couple of games, didn't know what the fuck to do. They were missing Middleton for a chunk of the season as well, and they didn't know what to fucking do. Boston. Never felt like they were ever on the right page, basically, the second half of the season. Same sort of shit. New York. Turns out, Randall was pretty injured, so... It's a bit of a weird one, but the regular season having so much less important now, but the hype it is generating that a playing team outweighs the resting players bullshit. I'm still going to say nah. I think it does have like a much less importance, but I still just want to avoid resting players in any way, shape, or form. Ugh. Anyway, that leads me very nicely into the unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. All right. The Miami hype is wild. It's awesome. They're an eight seed. They're doing it, but... Can we pump the brakes a little bit? They had an absolutely fucking insane fourth quarter. They were down eight. They just went absolutely fucking Johnny Storm and won by three. And Jam and Jamal Murray still had a chance to hit that shot. Like, it's a big deal. But also, like, talk about outlier performances. Like, they hit 50% of their threes, basically. Went absolutely ape shit in, like, the fourth quarter. And they won. It doesn't mean they're going to win this series. Just so. Just so. All right. Now time for our back take house. It's Wednesday at our back. And you know what that means? Oh, yeah. I just strangled an ibis. So guess what? It's Alice Springs bin chicken night. Only at our back. Fucking delicious, that bird. I'll tell you that much. Either way, today's flame grill take is... It's actually LeBron throwing the Kyrie stuff out there to make Rob Polinka afraid that LeBron's going to bounce somehow and make Polinka trade Anthony Davis because LeBron's sick of his shit only at Outback. <laughs> now, I do very much love the idea that this is NBA Kanye, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is throwing all this shit out there because it's going to piss off Luka Doncic and just ensure that Luka's going to come in and go, right, Fucking trade that silly little bastard NBA Kanye or I'm fucking out of here. And that is Kyrie's out clause to actually get to LA. Just saying. Only at Outback. I mean, spot the lie. This is just NBA Kanye trying to play 3D chess, but it's so see-through of like, no, 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 I really want to be a Maverick. No, 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 this is great. I fucking love Dallas. No, 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 it's sick. I'm definitely not trying to piss off the franchise player on purpose. I mean, I'm an absolute fuckstick, don't get me wrong, but I'm definitely not doing it on purpose to make sure that they then maybe trade me to LA. <clears throat> I wouldn't be doing that at all. Sage-burning fuckhead. But anyway, <laughs> there you go. That's it for today. <laughs> nice little preview show for tomorrow's game. Uh, Denver minus two and a half. That's the official pick. We'll see how we go. I like the under as well. If you bump that up to 218, you should be all right. We'll see how it goes. Either way, that is it. You can go read all my stuff on codebet.com.au. Always good there. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow to wrap up game three after the game. It's going to be sick. Uh, In the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facey IG. We're all over the socials. You know that. Check out NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. Go subscribe to that show. That's a good one. Uh, NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Or just click through the socials as well. Nice, pretty pictures there. Uh, check us a rating review on your podcast app. Do that. Go on. Do it now. Podcasts. What? iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, whatever you use. Rate and review us. It does help. I don't ask for much. 
Not very needy. Uh, big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song and house hats. Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Shadow, Green, 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 and Dozers. For all the tunes you hear throughout the show, smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever. Remember, NBA Australia Sports Australian Band, so should you. Uh, I'm going to go to, what, Area 7 in that support, save the tote gig. Uh, what else? I'll be at Loser, the old bar, start of July. A couple of other gigs coming up. Oh, yeah. You know about that. Either way, uh, we will catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. Uh, no skit after the show just because i got to go because I'm working. All right. We'll see you then. This NBA show is saying look after yourselves, would you? And later, Hosanna. How much more this I can take?